so we're recording all right so here's the deal i um i had a regular episode scheduled for this week and you know i was doing the editing and i thought you know the whole world's apparently coming to an end via this coronavirus thing might as well make an episode out of it so i've got joel johnny and james oh wow every person on this podcast their name starts with j that's pretty cool uh, so, and then Yavitsa, it doesn't sound like it starts with a J, but I promise it does. Um, we got Joel, Johnny, and James on here, and we're just going to chat. So, I guess the first message I want to get out there, and this is just personally me speaking as the host of the podcast, everybody calm down, just chill. Here's something I want everybody to understand. Calming down is not the same as not being scared. It is completely okay to be scared. I am terrified. Okay, let's just make something very clear. When I look at the possible ramifications of things, it is terrifying. Okay, because everything's worst case scenario in every model that you look at. I'm still chill. Don't panic by. Don't go, you know, do crazy crap. If the world's coming to an end, we've had a great run as a species. What Homo sapiens have existed for like what 500,000 years? It's a pretty good run. All right. If the world really comes to an end, we crushed it during the time we were here. So that's, that's my small message there. Anybody would like to chime in on some of their thoughts and, and, and let's James, let's start with you since you're right below me on the screen. Well, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. My, my view on this is kind of shaping, changing shape and forms as we get deeper into this. Cause I'm, I'm the type of guy that never watches the news like ever. Good for you. So Starting off, I just thought everything was just straight hysteria. There's no validity to be paying attention to. You see all the stats about the flu killing 30,000 people just in the U.S. between, I think, October, November, and February. So that's startling. And you like, never noticed, never knew that, never really paid attention to that. So why are we so hysterical about this new coronavirus? So my view kind of stays there, but at the same time, I'm starting to see a little bit more of educating myself a little bit more about it. And I see how as, as you, more people, more people get exposure to, I see how crazy it can get. But at the same time, like you said, it's not going to help us to stress ourselves about it. It's not going to help us to go crazy buying toilet paper. Uh, so we just kind of had to stay calm amidst all the chaos, staying calm. And like you said, it's not, it doesn't make it any less severe that we stay calm. It doesn't mean that we don't care about it. It's just, that's the only way to really, prepare with wisdom is to be calm and to continue going about our day and our lives worrying about the and control trying to control the things that we can't control instead of worrying about the uncontrollables preparing with wisdom might be the most james gilbreath quote i've ever heard <laughs> prepare with wisdom. johnny what about you since you're you actually spend day in and day out in a different hospital tell us first tell us what you do and then tell us what what you've been coming across and just some of your thoughts well, I'm in medical device sales, so I'm in and out of the hospitals every day. Um, I mean, he said it, it's, it's being calm and kind of educating yourself. It's, I mean, you're not going to learn a whole lot from the mainstream media. Of course, you need to hear what they say, then research it yourself. And then, of course, talk to anybody in medicine that has to deal with, you know, any kind of patients as far as sickness or um you know, it's, is it a bad thing? You know, is the coronavirus bad? Yeah. And like he threw out the numbers on the flu, 
the the hype with it is no there's no cure for it but to stop it you're supposed to do what you've been told to do your whole life good personal hygiene wash your hands you know don't cough and sneeze around people uh you know stuff you're supposed to already be doing and the main thing with it is like uh you know all the millennials or young people or anyone who's healthy no you're not going to worry about it too much but it's the people like if you get it and you're around other people people with bad immune systems um elderly diabetics overweight people you know people that it can affect they just want you to stay away from those people so it's you know no you might not be affected by this health wise but you could affect someone else so that's where they're trying to push, you know, push the narrative on that as far as, you know, social distancing and all that. Um, as far as in the hospitals go, uh, um, you know, every, depending on what, you know, floor you're on and who you're dealing with, it's pretty relaxed while you're in there. Cause you know, hospitals, you know, they're, it's pretty, like I'm in the OR, so it's pretty sterile. I'm not worried about it being in there, but um, they're just wanting to limit the traffic of people coming in and out, in and out, touching everything, um, breathing just cause this is an airborne virus anyway. So wearing the mask, if you're not sick, it's not going to do anything. If you yes. are wear it. So that way you don't project it out to people. So, you know, it's, it is just being calm, educating yourself, not freaking out and going to buy everything in the store. I've heard that people are spending more now than they are during the Christmas holidays, which is crazy. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I don't see the obsession with toilet paper. Why, why are you stocking up on toilet paper anyway? If you need that much toilet paper, you probably needed to go see the doctor way before this. So. <laughs> Everybody remembers that one time being in the bathroom when you have no toilet paper and that tiny 30 second moment they remember from years ago just sparked this massive onslaught of toilet paper purchasing behavior yeah it's pretty it's i don't know like the worst case scenario you'll go cut up a towel and use use a towel and wash it yeah like that's literally the worst thing that can happen <laughs> go buy go buy yeah. a bidet or whatever it's called that's what people should be buying it's a good day to be in the bidet business right joel how are you feeling um, as you guys said, it's, we've grown up in a period of time in history where in, in a place where we've just always had some semblance of certainty. Um, mm. and now this is really the most uncertain time I've had in my life. And it's this whole coronavirus situation. It's, it's showing a lot of cracks in ourselves as a nation. And I think our, our society, um, one way is the way that people view it. There's people that say, we know this is the 1918 Spanish flu again, and everybody's going to be killed and 10 million people are going to be dead. And we're going to be, you know, euthanizing the old people or throwing them out in the streets. And then there's other people who are like, you know, the flu kills more people every year than this. You know, the flu, the flu is way more dangerous. I don't need to worry about anything at all. And then there's people in the middle who say, this is worse than the flu. But you also got to realize that if we calm down and and take the right approaches and just look at the long term, we don't have to make the same mistakes as other nations have. Um, 
because the reality is, is when people try to compare it to the flu, that that's not a, from what I can tell, a good comparison because that'd be like saying, you know, how many people died of texting while driving in 1995? Well, nobody, because nobody was doing it. So it's not a very good comparison because the prevalence of flu is not as high or as much higher. And then also as a society, we're realizing that um, our over-dependence over on China for a lot of our necessary medications. I was watching that Joe Rogan podcast with the epidemiologist and he was saying how like 150 of our required essential medications are made in China and um, our supply chains are very long and stretched out and weak and ungainly and and people that are kind of doomsday preppers have been talking about these weird scenarios where one day if we really need stuff for our country we're and we're going to be uh, you know China or other countries are going to have us by the balls. So I think it, it's just, it's showing a lot of weaknesses and we can learn a lot from this. Uh, hopefully the price of that lesson isn't too high though. Well, and you know, the good, the good comparison you made of the texting and driving in 1995, it's because every text was 40 cents. Okay. That's why people weren't texting and driving. It was expensive. All right. So, but, so everybody kind of gave their two cents, but I really also wanted to talk about your, tra your transition from like, oh, this is not even like on my radar to holy crap, <laughs> it seems like the world's coming to an end. So like for me, looking at it, you know, as a, as a professional in the finance realm, this is the most fascinating thing in the world. Um, because, you know, when, when, you, when you look at my world, basically the entire last decade has been nothing but an upward swing. Because we were we were in the recovery post 2008 2009, and then basically 2010 to through the beginning of 2020, it was this unprecedented economic miracle almost. And all of a sudden, for the first time in history, the world economy is coming to a stop, um, and it and it is just unbelievably interesting to me to observe what is happening and and why it's happening. And I've got some theories behind the scenes on some of the things that I think are happening, but um, just like every economic rule is being thrown out the window. So we're lowering interest rates and quantitative easing, AKA inflation while dumping 800 billion into the bond market, things like that, that, uh, you know, if you were in an economics class, you, that your professor would say you're insane for doing that. Um, so yeah, I had, I've had this gradual transition from like, Oh, this is not even on my radar to like, okay, I'm calm. I don't like the possible ramifications of what can happen, but I'm definitely paying attention to it a lot. So if anybody wants to chime in, like what's, what's your transition, what's your transition been of like, man, I, I don't even care about this. Like, Holy crap. I have to pay attention to it. I'll hop in on that. Um, I think the key thing is it, for it to come up on your radar, it has to touch your life in some remote way. And so I was paying attention to it a little bit, but not until it really hit my life. So a lot of your listeners have heard me on the podcast and they know I'm training to qualify for the Olympics. And so last week, all of my upcoming competitions just started getting canceled. Mm. So what I've been training for eight years or really 20 years of my life for, everything's been drying up right now. And so you have the Olympic trials here in the U.S. in June, Olympic Games in July, and we have no competitions leading up to that as, right, as of right now. And so now I'm like, okay, what, what, what do I have to do? What is that going to look like? You know, there's no decision made on the Olympics, but all the qualifying events are frozen up so far. 
So um, that has really shocked me. And now, like, all the facilities that we normally train at, they're shutting down. They're saying, well, shouldn't be around 10, 10 or more people at a time. So now it's like, how, how can I stay fit in this time frame? I mean, I still find my way to do it, but um, how am I going to work my life around this, this craziness now? That's just my little two cents, just how um, that's my transition. Well, and I was going to say, I saw uh, a poll yesterday in Japan, 70% of Japanese citizens think the Olympics should be postponed. It's gone up. Yeah. That's so, poll, you know. yeah. So, I mean, I was actually going to ask you about that because that is kind of this life mission you've had for ever since I've known you. Um, and it's kind of being taken away from you at this point. Right. And so I'm still preparing, still going forward training just so that whenever I get my opportunity, I'm ready for it. Uh, and I'm not really worried about it per se, but it's definitely hit close to home. I'm definitely have my, my radar up on it and watching for every single update that comes through. Like I know the international Olympic committee is meeting today, I believe to talk about things. I'm not sure about what aspects of the Olympics they're talking about, but my ears are definitely to the, to the ground listening for that. Well, and it wouldn't be the first time Olympics have been postponed. I mean, World War II, World War One. you know, yeah. there was a time period when the, when the summer and winter Olympics were in the same year for a time period because of the postponement of one. So. Yeah, true. I know uh, it's just, there's so many moving pieces when it comes to the Olympics and all the funding that's gone into it and all the, all the different people involved in it. So it's like, I know that Japan at one point had said that, Hey, we're not, we're not postponing. If anything, it'll be canceled. Yeah. So we'll just see how it goes. All right. Anybody else? Well, for me, and I've, um, it really dawned on me just watching the markets. Um, the, the strange thing about the markets now is, is that, and I, I'm, probably wrong in this you can correct me but generally you notice like bad financials come out then the market goes down mm-hmm. this was breaking all those rules because the market goes down the financials were still good but we still got a time period when all the bad financials are going to come out how's that going to affect a market that tanks before the financials were down yeah. that's a, a, a question mm-hmm. i don't know about um and then we're probably going to see a good end of Q1, but then Q2 numbers are going to come out. So you're going to get these better Q1 numbers because of all the buying and, and panic buying. But then, so financially, uh, the way you were saying it earlier, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting time to be in, but the sports being canceled, I think that's when it really hit at so many people because the, the, the echo effect of that, what is that going to be? We don't know. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. how many hours are spent by people watching sports. What are they going to do with that free time? I don't know. Read books. What are they going to do? We hope, right? Self-improvement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's it. So <laughs> America becomes a nation of self-development. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah. They, they just start reading. Dang. Yeah. What about people you, John? People will read again. When it finally started getting serious, I guess, um, was, I mean, of course, once they started canceling all the sports, you were still kind of like, okay, well, there's no sports to watch, but I still have my everyday life and job to go to. But then once we started getting all the emails from the hospitals and all the vendor credentialing companies saying, you know, you can't be on campus, you can't be here unless you're an essential rep with like, the surgeons need you or the doctors or you're requested, like we don't want you here at all. So 
you know, as a company, we were just kind of like, all right, well, how is this going to affect business? How are we going to, you know, get through this and what's our game plan? And it's just kind of manage the situation, you know, um, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of new business right now, but kind of keep your networking open and just kind of manage it as best as you can. Cause it's, you know, as he was talking about financials in the market, it'll, it's going to hurt Q1, Q2 sales, but you know, there's not a lot you can do about it. So you just manage the situation as it comes at you and see where it goes. I mean, and then, you know, as far as traveling stuff, we, I had some buddies wedding festivities coming up and I have a wedding in April. And as of now we're postponing flights and they're having to cancel things, especially since you can't have more than it was 50. Now it's 10 people in one place at a time. So personal things are getting postponed or canceled. And so people are realizing, okay, this is a lot more serious than, you know, a week or two ago when, it really wasn't real, even though sports are getting canceled. Once it starts hitting your own life, and then you're like, okay, now people need to start taking it serious. Stay calm, but take it serious, and then just kind of manage the situation. So you're telling me your bachelor party trip got canceled? Yeah. That is the most depressing <laughs> thing I've heard. <laughs> Where were you guys going to go? Uh, we were going down to Destin, Florida. Okay. Yeah, play some golf, do some fishing, hang out in the water. Well, that's like the least coronavirus-y thing ever. Share some clubs, hey. share some, <laughs> sit on a boat for a while. Yeah. Man. An off land. So here's something, here's something uh, that made me think about the hysteria that's being created. So, you know, my wife, she's calling me. She's like freaking out in the moment. She's like, should we go to the store, blah, blah, blah. I was like, babe, I'll go to the store, but I'm not panic buying. Like I'm not, I'm not going to go buy, you know, seven years worth of supply. This is the United States of America. Okay. Your, your water will not stop running in the first time in modern history. Your water will not stop running because of coronavirus. Okay. It just comes out of your tap. Good job. Good job, America. Good job. Uh, uh, septic system, et cetera. Um, all right. So she's like, I just talked to so-and-so who talked to so-and-so who has a family member high up in the military and they're talking about shutting down the country for two weeks. And I'm sitting here like, babe, all for it. Love info. It's okay. Go to the store. Don't panic buy. This is the worst game of telephone I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, but it's, 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 it's completely rational because people are kind of like, and, and she's been doing a great job of staying chill. But in the moment, and I've caught myself as well, when something specific comes out, like it gets you and you're like, oh, crap, like, should I do this? And then you have to like pull yourself back and think. And think. Um, but it really is just a giant game of telephone because here's the thing. Nobody actually knows what's going on. That's the problem. That's why everybody's panicking. That's why the market's panicking because we don't actually know anything at all. Right. And the history doesn't repeat itself. Vague, vague overall patterns may, but specifics don't. And that uncertainty, we don't have anything to gauge about now, though. Like San Francisco told people they have to stay in place for the next what, three weeks. They basically can't go outside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just saw that they uh, only essential workers, which is, you know, firemen, health workers, grocery stores, banks, but all you can do is go to the grocery store or the doctor or home. But I don't, you know, people not totally listening, probably still go wandering around, but that's 
one city. Let's see who else is next to do that, put that into effect. We were getting married in the end of June too. And it's a bigger wedding than my fiance wanted. And I was, you know, we've been planning it and everything. And she was just like, Oh, I just want to hurry up. And, you know, and now I'm like looking at three months from now thinking, I hope our wedding can still go on. And she's like, I really want to get married. Really. I have that wedding. Now. I'm like, yeah, kind of gives you perspective going through all this chaos before it was like this kind of annoying chore that we had to plan for. And now it's like, Oh my gosh, I just want to be able to have my wedding now. Like hmm. it, 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 our values are going to change a lot through this. Hopefully. Mm. I don't mind halves recently. That's a good point. Our values are going to change. I, I heard somebody say that America's nice, fat, and happy right now. And sometimes it takes, you know, the obese, diabetic, it takes them having a heart attack or something for them to start working out. Yeah. It's almost like America is that. We're just, we're so rich. Um, I mean, even think we've talked about it on this podcast before. Think about all the things people are bitching and complaining about in the last five years. If life was hard in America, 90% of those things, you wouldn't have the time nor the care to complain about. Yeah. Okay. You'd be worried about go, going and getting your next meal and feeding your family and, and providing. Um, and, you know, the reality of, you know, what I'm afraid of is I'm not aware. I'm not afraid for my own health. I mean, I guess technically it could kill me if I got it, technically, but uh, I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm not overweight, I'm not diabetic, I'm not, I don't, I don't have any pre-existing conditions, more than likely, even if I caught it, um, I'd be fine. What makes me worried is, you know, I have a father with, a, with, a, with some health issues, I have a mother-in-law with some health issues, I have, you know, people in my life who are in their 60s and approaching 70s, et cetera. Uh, uh, family, friends, family, et cetera, that I'm worried about accidentally spreading it to them or accidentally spreading it to somebody who spreads it to, to one of their family members. So that's why, you know, I've, I've made the decision to kind of just hang out at the house um, because there was a confirmed case in my office building and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I don't have any symptoms, but I, I would feel horrible if I was the reason somebody else got sick. Um, and I've noticed some people, um, the way they talk about it online, like they could care less. And I'm like, that's how you have to think about it, guys. Like it, 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 it does take a village in this scenario to like help everybody survive. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people are not educating themselves. And I know Joe mentioned that Joe Rogan podcast that had Michael Osterholm on it. Mm-hmm. I watched that too. I listened to it as well. And um, that really helped shape my, my mindset on it and really thinking about, okay, well, I'm probably going to be healthy because I'm young, I'm healthy. As we know of, like you said, I could still get it and potentially die. But for the most part, I'll probably be good. But how does that impact me if I'm exposed to it and I even catch it and I have no symptoms, but then I'm around someone who's elderly or has an underlying immune, autoimmune disease or something like that? What kind of impact can I have? Yep. And then you think about all it takes is – for those numbers to start slowly going up, you get into thousands, and then you have almost an exponential effect starting to happen immediately. And that's how, I mean, Italy is getting so crazy. Um, so people really just have not, have, I think people are being remiss in educating themselves on how the thing even spreads in itself. And, and there are a lot of conflicting reports, like 
I, I've heard, like, uh, I think Johnny said that it's airborne. And I believe that to be true. But there's so many conflicting reports. I've actually seen news stations say it's not airborne. You can't catch it by just breathing in air. Oh, yes, you can. Because the, the droplets that are being spread around with the fluid, they're light enough to stay in the air. You can breathe those in. They can get for three minutes. I think them. they said it can like yeah. linger in a spot for three minutes in the air. You want to yeah. in your area, you could breathe it in and then potentially get it. And then also with that, I was there saying that, you know, the incubation period where anywhere from two to 14 days, you might have it and you might not know it because you won't have symptoms until the 14th day, or you might never know it show symptoms, but you could have that window where, you have no idea you had it because you're not even showing coughing, sneezing, you know, lightness or can't breathe, you know, things like that. So yeah. it really is, it really is an unknown because yes, if you're not worried about it and you're just out doing your thing and not worried about other people, it's very selfish, but um, that's, you have to look at it as I, I don't want to affect other people. You have to look at it. Like you said, it's, it takes a village to make this, you know, make this pass, make this, make us get beyond this and then understand it more. I mean, it's still early. It's not going anywhere tomorrow. It's not going anywhere in next week. It's going to take a little bit to get some more knowledge and see what we need to do to get past it. All right. So I got a fun question. All of us are either married or engaged, Joel. <laughs> you get a kiss. <laughs> All right. um, proof, proof I'm engaged. Yeah, proof you're engaged, that, that you're not making it up. All right. She knew, how, she knew I was on video. How has this impacted, or not impacted, I don't think it's probably impacted in a large sense, but how has your communication with your significant other worked through this? And who's, uh, who's panicking more, you or your spouse? Or if neither one of them are. I say mine's pretty relaxed because she's also in healthcare. And I was about to say that makes sense. So I mean, we we kind of we're on the same page about it. We're just you know staying calm. We actually went to the grocery store last night and just kind of walked down every aisle just to see what people are going and buying. And craziest part is the health food aisle. It has the most food on it, which is yep. not always, but. Um, you know, we're not freaking out when you know, we're staying calm and just kind of she's getting her information from work on what they're doing and same for us. So um, just kind of taking it day by day and going through the motions and managing how we, how we can. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, me and my spouse, I don't feel like either one of us are really panicking, but uh, different pieces of news hit us each differently. differently. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's kind of funny, like, not not in a serious way, we've talked about things and like planning and getting food and all that. And like, if it were to be a case, we've, we've played out the scenario of the uh, government was shut down and everything and block things like they have in San Francisco, I believe some of you guys said earlier, uh, like how we would eat, how we would prepare our meals and things like that. And I think my wife was still like thinking on the same, the, the, the um, playing field of like thriving, like, making the amount of food we would normally eat. I'm like, well, look, if that happens, we're looking at survival for that time frame. We're not looking at thriving, which is <laughs> yes. looking at the basic necessities. We're not worried about toilet paper. We're going to go in there. We can get a, get a rag. We can be all right. <laughs> go squat <laughs> in the backyard. 
right, we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, portioning out our meals. We're gonna one water bottle a day. So uh, just kind of jokingly thinking about the mindset. I mean, serious in some ways, but I don't think it ever gets to the point where like six months quarantine, we had to like, eat a bean a day or something like that. <laughs> that would suck so much. That <laughs> yeah, would, man. Uh, I like you know what you said about. Um, different news hitting you differently. So Tamara's been pretty chill. Um, but like when I'll be like, damn, the market just dropped 13% yesterday. Like that doesn't even compute to her. She's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what, what somebody said or what we saw that like really hit her, like just very different things. Like you said, will, will hit us. And I think it helps. Um, when both spouses just agree, like, Hey, we're going to stay calm. It just helps the calmness. Cause imagine, imagine if both of you, any of you were like, screw it, we're panicking. The world's coming to an end. And then you're just feeding each other constantly. Like how exhausting that would be for <laughs> this entire, like, that would be the most miserable experience ever. Man, it would. I actually read an article yesterday. that was talking about, it was referring to some other, like a natural disaster that happened, maybe a hurricane. And they took some data after the fact and talked about how many divorces happened just because of the stress that that natural disaster had on the people there. And even other things like not just divorces, but people were just acting on their emotions so highly that uh, like a lot of people got married. A lot of people did just things out of emotion in those moments around that natural disaster. It just would not ordinarily happen just because stress and emotions were high. Yeah, it could be trying on a relationship and a marriage. Um, my fiance, yeah, she's pretty calm about everything. I've been fairly calm, but very like, okay, I, I want to get prepared. I want to be able to have enough to be able to see, be sustained in my house for enough period, a long enough period of time. I want to be able to just like have, you know, any just necessities that we might need around. So I've been really focused on that. But really the biggest stressful stressor from all this for us is just a, a bit of the uncertainty, the financial uncertainty because she's mm -hmm. starting a business right now. Um, so yeah, neither of us have been really freaking out, but uh, I think I've been the one that's been more aware of it for longer. And, and I've been, her mom has been blowing us up for like the past month and a half about coronavirus. And I was like, stop talking about this, please. And then right around that time is when it, everything really started to, come to the service like the markets and uh so I, yeah i've been the one that's been more about preparing for stuff but neither has been freaking out and she's the one that's like well what yeah. can we do yeah but whatever the number one thing i hear the number one thing Tamara freaked out about was ever going to have enough dog food <laughs> that, that was that was it i was like babe i'll go buy a ton of dog food for the dog you'll be fine and a dog yeah you gotta see you i went in I ordered like two things of toilet paper online like a week ago or two weeks ago. Still hasn't I was gone. like, oh, well, oh, I got it. Uh, no, actually, I don't have any toilet paper. Nothing in this house. Uh, <laughs> but, but she's like, we got a ton of it. And it's funny because there's like one roll left in the amount that she had bought that we would have like one roll mm. left right now if I hadn't bought that. So well, there like, you okay, go. Maybe you were right to get a little prepared. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but here's the thing. If everybody just went out and bought what they needed, yeah. right. Instead yeah. of buying everything, right. We wouldn't have this problem. Like 
I hate to break it to you, but if you're going to Costco and buying everything, you're kind of a dick. Yeah. Well, also talking, you know, with financially, we don't know what's going on, what's coming. So if you're going out there and just wasting money on things you probably don't even need that you think you need because you're not thinking rationally and you're just spending money on things that, oh, we might need this, we might need this. And then down the road where something catastrophic actually does occur and you do need more money, you've just been wasting it for months on things you don't even need. All right. Man, it's funny you mentioned Costco. I went to Costco to grab some essential things like water and things like that. And there was no water except for Fiji. So <laughs> I thought it was funny. I'm going back between what you said, Johnny, about basically responsible and and just buy. I guess people said, well, well Fiji water, but I'll get regular water. <laughs> I'm not going to go broke trying to live. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, bet, I bet there's a lot of water filters still on the shelves, though. Yeah, I bet so. Yeah. It, it it's it's just been it's like been the most interesting social experiment. Um because if you if you got off social media, all social media like Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, whatever, and turned off the TV and you just went outside and walked around, would you feel the same way or would you have the same like voice in the back of your head as you do right now being connected to the world? Because I took the dog for a walk yesterday and I I purposefully left my phone in the car and it's like nothing's going on. We're just, I mean, he crapped on the sidewalk. That's, that was the worst part of the whole walk. I had to clean it up. But outside of that, it was like the world was just moving along. Like nothing was going on. Yeah, I think it's definitely good to disconnect for a while. I mean, I've, I've even done that. I've turned off all social media for 40 days once and it was extremely refreshing. I mean, you know, now most people turn to it. Like I even do it as for the breaking news on this, whoever's posting, you know, what is going on because I, you know, I will take what's on, you know, the social media apps and then see what the mainstream media is saying and then go look up, you know, on different websites and to get my full perspective on whatever is going on, like the coronavirus. But, if you just disconnect like from all social media or media period, life does go on. It's okay. You don't have to see it all the time. You don't have to get it the second it comes out. And it's very refreshing when you do that. You probably don't want it the second it comes out either because it's never, it's never refined. Yeah. And, And the worst thing that's ever happened in my opinion is the damn blue check marks. Because anybody who's ever written an article or been mentioned in any way, like that blue check mark does not mean credibility. Blue check mark means that is the human being <laughs> that they say they are because they have some sort of uh, social presence in the media. And all these blue check marks freaking the hell out. Popularity doesn't necessarily mean credible. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes me think about uh, Dave Chappelle's special when he's talking about. Uh, I think it's called For What It's Worth. He was talking about 9-11 attacks when it came out, when, it, when it, all the news came out, and they had Ja Rule being interviewed. He's like, man, I'm not trying to dance. I'm scared to death. I'm listen to Ja Rule's opinion about 9-11 for. <laughs> Where is Ja? I need to know. Where Y'all got to be living it up. 
Yeah. <laughs> Where is Ja? So, I mean, any any other thoughts around it? Like, like I said, I just want to have a little conversation. Just, just uh, what people are thinking, what people are feeling, what what you think will happen. Oh, here, okay, here's a good one. Give us your very uninformed, informed opinion on what you think will happen in the next ninety days. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think being if everyone listens and they kind of just stay quarantined or just away from being social with anybody for a while, I think it'll help. Well, actually, because I mean, they, they are in reports from China that in like the Wuhan areas and everywhere they have been quarantined for the past couple months, they are seeing things clear up and their people, they're not getting a lot of new cases. So, if all that's true, then that, I think that is what's going to happen here is everyone just kind of, you know, listen to what they're telling us. Don't go by each other. Don't help the spread. It will start clearing up and hopefully in a month, two months. But I mean, we don't have a timetable on that. But if that's, if they're saying what's happening over there is truly happening, then I don't see why that can't occur here. If not yeah. fact, then over there, because if people just listen. Yeah. yeah. With, um, well, on a couple of different levels, I predict a lot of this fear is driven by lack of knowledge. And once we're able to test a lot, a much larger population for the coronavirus, if we found out 4 million people have it right now and 5,000 people have died, that'd be excellent news. That means the death rate is way lower. So I think when more accurate numbers get out, um, that'll calm our fears and that'll give us some way to know where to go moving forward. Amazon and, and uh, Bill Gates Foundation is apparently doing a job or coming up with a, a way to get free tests out to people. So I, I think once we get more accurate numbers, things will calm down. The, financially, we're going to see things go up and down and up and down. And then maybe it'll level out in June, July. Uh, but I think the next three or four months are going to be pretty hectic. Um, but then there's all these other things going on. We've got a presidential election. Primaries are being pushed back. How's this going to affect our constitutional our constitutional rights? There's so many unknowns that are unique to this country that are really tough to predict. Um, so, I think one thing that could help is I saw a number. I don't know if it's credible or not. Is sixty-eight thousand people, if that's true or not, whatever that number may be, has gotten coronavirus and then has healed and they've gotten better. Why can't any kind of media push that out? Be like, look, people have gotten sick, but they've also gotten better. It just kind of has a relief. Like, you know, it doesn't have to scare everybody. Like if you get it, you can get better. So just kind of have a positive spin on it as if, you know, just cause you get it doesn't mean you're, you're done for. Because relief yeah. doesn't pay the bills in the media. That's right. That's why well, fear mongering keeps people glued to your TV, which gets yeah, advertisers to pay for crap. There, I would predict some legislation for uh, unpaid or for paid uh, medical leave. I think there's going to be a lot of sweeping changes there uh, and possibly freezing people's mortgage and autom automobile loan payments for a few months. These are measures that are probably going to end up being taken just because you, you have to have people working. And if people aren't working, well, if they're sitting at home and they're getting bills sent to them how's that going to affect things in the long term so um 
the good news and the bad news is we're all in this together. You know, nobody wants this to be happening. So we all have some uh, motivation and some incentive to make this work out as best as possible and as fast as possible, whatever that is. James. Um, I definitely agree with Johnny. It comes to, I think this could, can blow over a lot quicker. if People would just listen, but knowing people, uh, I know that they're not going to listen. So I could see this getting better in the next couple of months, but the, the financial impacts, like, like Joel was saying, I, I don't know. It's so uncertain. I, I'm thinking that maybe some sort of quarantine will happen nationwide in order for it to kind of at least kind of sell out a little bit. Um, I just definitely feel like, again, echoing what Joel was saying, the testing has to get better. Um, more tests have to get out because these, the numbers we're seeing right now are purely just projections based on what they think people people who have gotten exposed, they don't know for sure anything and the percentages are going to be way off. And jumping on Johnny's point about the relief, uh, I think people automatically assume that it's a death sentence when you get it. Like when you see people's reactions to like Tom Hanks getting it, they're like, oh my God, Tom Hanks got it. Well, chances are that, I don't even know if he's showing symptoms or anything. I don't know. Uh, he, it might've blown over for him by now. We, we just don't know, but people assume that it's like a death sentence and you don't want to get it. But uh, that's not the case at all. So I think the knowledge needs to get up. The testing needs to get up. Because I think I read an article this morning about how South Korea, their testing is up. And when you compare countries who have tests versus those who are struggling with testing, the ones who are testing, the knowledge is better. And the death rate is much lower than those who are struggling with the tests. And you look at Italy, for instance, the test, they have struggled to get tests out. And the death number, the death toll was much higher than, say, in South Korea. You don't hear much about South Korea, and there because the death rate is very, very low there with this. Yeah. So, my predictions. All right, from a purely political science standpoint, okay, not politics. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Martian. That's relevant to me. From a purely political science standpoint, coming into 2020, there was no chance that Donald Trump was going to lose the election. None, zero. Okay, you can bitch and complain all you want. You can be upset all you want. Precedent shows when the economy is booming, an incumbent president does not lose. Okay, just like in 2008, there was no way John McCain was ever going to win, ever, under any circumstances. Barack Obama won the election before the election ever happened because the economy tanked. 2012, Mitt Romney was never going to win because the economy was in a recession or in a recovery. With this, if the economy really does go into a recession, which seems inevitable, it seems like Donald Trump has no chance of being reelected. Again, precedent shows when the economy's bad, the incumbent, incumbent president and the incumbent party, whoever they are, lose. So it's going to be really interesting to me to watch how this event shifts world history. And, and I'm using, because the majority of our listeners are Americans, I'm using the U.S. presidential election as um, the example here. But it, it stretches way further than that into, into the whole world. Like it, it, it truly is one of those moments where, you know, the, the world shifts in another direction for one reason or another. You know, we'll go from the greatest economy in American history to 
a bear market to a recession? What is that going to look like? What's recovery going to look like? Um, are we going to be out of work for um, several months? I mean, that's something I've thought about a lot is like, you know, I work for myself. I've got to, I got to go generate business regularly. How is that going to impact myself and my family? That, that's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking through. Do I think millions and millions of people are going to die? No, I hope not. But I think the ramifications are going to be probably even bigger than we realize right now for the next two, three, four, five years and into the future. Um, so that's, uh, I purposefully waited 55 minutes into the podcast to make it political guys, obviously, but <laughs> next, next topic, religion, take the world over. Yeah. Next topic, religion. It's the rapture. Um, <laughs> but thanks for coming on. I, I thought this was awesome. I, I, like I said, I wanted to have a conversation with some folks, uh, with some voices of reason. I knew that nobody on here would be panicking, but I thought we could have some cool points of view, uh, you know, for everybody listening, you know, millennial manhood is uh, is here for you. What uh, whatever crazy pandemic might be going on, we'll we'll have a regular episode, I guess, next week again, unless the world comes to end again and we have one of these. But again, just stay calm. Look, chill. It's gonna be okay. The world's not coming to an end. Info at mmcip.co, uh, millennial-manhood.com if you want to come check it out. And outside of that, we'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>